0: Science Journal for Kids and Teens presents How Can We Protect the Seabed from Storms? Adapted from the original peer-reviewed paper in the journal Frontiers in Marine Science, published on August 23, 2021. Research conducted by Emma Sheehan, Luke Holmes, B. Davies, and others from the School of Biological and Marine Sciences at the University of Plymouth in the UK. See the full list of authors and their affiliations in the accompanying PDF. Read by Miranda Wilson. Abstract. Have you seen any unusual weather recently? One of the changes we may see because of climate change is more severe storms in the UK. When storms hit the coastline, they create strong waves. This really shakes up the organisms living on the seabed. But do methods of fishing also make a difference? Some areas of the sea are protected from destructive fishing methods. These areas are called marine protected areas. We wanted to find out if the organisms in these areas are better at facing and recovering from severe storms than fished areas. Introduction. Humans have been burning fossil fuels for energy, This releases carbon dioxide gas in our atmosphere. As a result, we're starting to feel the effects of climate change. One of those effects is more extreme weather, including severe storms. These can create big waves that affect organisms living on the seabed. Marine Protected Areas, or MPAs for short, cover about 7.4% of our oceans. Some are feature-based, This means they're protecting just one species, like the great scallop, or one habitat, such as a temperate reef. Others offer whole site protection. This means all parts of the area are protected from destructive fishing. One of the most destructive fishing methods is called bottom-toed fishing. This is effective at catching lots of fish for people to eat but it also causes a lot of damage as the wide nets drag along the seafloor. The nets destroy other species as well as the fish they are meant to catch. Even when these fished areas become protected, it takes a while for all the corals, seaweeds, and animals to recover. Storms disturb the areas, making recovery slower. What will happen to the UK's seabed creatures and habitats if there are more storms? It's important that we find out. Habitats, like temperate reefs, have many important functions. For example, they give young fish a safe home to grow bigger. They also help take carbon dioxide gas from our atmosphere so we can breathe better. Bottom-toed fishing causes a lot of damage to the seabed. Compare image A at the top of a healthy seabed in an MPA image B on the bottom of a UK seabed after bottom-toed fishing. In photo A, you can see an orange scallop in the middle of the image surrounded by pink corals and brown algae. In photo B, you can see empty scallop shells scattered across the seabed. Methods Our study took place in Lyme Bay in the southwest of the UK. The MPA there is 206 square kilometers, or 80 square miles. It's one of the UK's largest protected marine areas. Destructive bottom-toed fishing was banned there in 2008. We gathered three types of data both inside the MPA and outside it, where bottom-toed fishing is still allowed. 1. Wave Power We gathered wave data using floating buoys near the protected areas. We observed wave height and the time between waves once they reached the same height. Then, we calculated wave energy and power to see storm impacts on the coastal reef. 2. Samples from the seabed. We monitored the areas from 2008 to 2018 using underwater video cameras. We counted and identified both organisms that move and those that don't. And three, data analysis. We looked at what species of organisms there were in different locations, and how many there were. This way, we could find out if there were fewer of them after the storms. We did this to see if protecting an area from fishing helps it deal better with storms. Results. What did we learn from monitoring inside and outside the MPA? The wave power data shows us that storms were at their most extreme between 2013 and 2014. The waves crumbled corals, emptied scallops, and left fish floundering. The effects of the storms on the reef communities seemed pretty devastating, but the protected area was able to recover from storm damage. After all, it had recovered from destructive fishing before. In Figure 1, you can see an illustration of the effects of storms based on pictures taken during monitoring. In the upper left, you can see what the area looked like before the storms and five years after the end of fishing. You can see corals in pink, sponges in white, and a fish. In the middle illustration, you can see what the area looked like after the 2014 storm. You can see broken corals and empty shells. In the bottom right, you can see what the area looked like two years after the 2014 storm. You can see corals in pink and gray, as well as red sponges. Looking at these illustrations, what were the effects of the 2014 storm? Bottom-toed fishing still happened outside the MPA, so the community of organisms was already less diverse. This meant recovery from storms wasn't as noticeable, the unprotected areas remained in a degraded state. Overall, these results suggest that resilience to storms is higher in protected areas. Discussion. Why is resilience against extreme storms higher in protected areas? Areas with more species and organisms have the potential to recover faster and better after extreme storms than heavily fished areas. But this doesn't mean the MPA had more resistance to storms than fished areas. It suffered damage from the storms, too. In fact, since the MPA has more species than fished areas, The losses were often greater. The waves really damaged some species, such as the rare pink sea fan coral, but the storms actually helped others, like the hermit crab. Shifting sands revealed more food for hermit crabs to eat. So, although the MPA didn't have better resistance, it did have better resilience. It was more able to recover from the storm than the heavily fished area. Conclusion We need more research to understand how increasingly severe storms affect our temperate reefs. We also still don't fully know the extent of the threats posed by climate change in the future. Because there are so many humans on this planet now, small actions can really add up. Here are some things you can do to help. Use less plastic Choose products packaged in recyclable or biodegradable material and use reusable containers whenever you can. Pick fish products with labels showing that they were sustainably caught. And join in fun eco-events like beach cleans. Thank you for listening to this recording. Visit our website, sciencejournalforkids.org, for more free science teaching resources.